Well, good morning, Good News Church, and happy Christmas Eve, Eve. (laughs) My name's Nicole, and I have the honor of reading the passage for today. My husband, Dave, and I oversee the altar ministry, and I facilitate Bible study groups for women for post-abortion trauma healing, as well as a new group to help women find freedom and healing from their past. Would you please rise for today's reading of the word? We'll be reading from Luke 15, 11 through 32. If you have your word, feel free to follow along. The parable of the lost son. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men so that I... Excuse me. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long ways off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back, safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. When this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, You kill the fatted calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we have to celebrate and be glad because his brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the privilege of being able to hear and apply your word in our lives. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Speak through Pastor Terry and thank you for our hearts to receive that what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's thank Nicole for doing a great job. Thank you. Her and her husband, Dave, they they rock this house. They're they're great servants, so they just make it happen. I use words like rock. I'm just not all that religious, but anyways. Is God good? Man, could you sense the presence of the Lord here today? Huh? Could you sense it? And I'm waiting to see what God's going to do next in this message. And um, 
You know, I've been chewing on this for some time, so if I get a little bit excited, I'm normally excited without coffee. Well, I've had two cups of coffee and a Mountain Dew. So if I start doing backflips and 360s, just ignore it. Okay? So we hear the story of the prodigal son. But before we get to the story of the prodigal son, since this is Christmas Eve Eve, I want to talk a little bit about the manger. I want to talk about the fact that, you know, Jesus wasn't born in the Bethlehem Hyatt. Because a lot of times in our stories that we see on television, we see Jesus in a manger, the haze just beautifully flushed, flushed around him. The cattle are lined up looking nice and cute. The light shining like that light. Wow. The light shining on baby Jesus and it all looks so cool. Okay. So today I want to get kind of real, even in this story, of the prodigal son, I want to get real that Jesus was born in a manger. All right. A manger where cattle ate a manger where cattle discharged their waste. You follow me? And you see, Jesus was born in a manger under messy conditions, under sloppy, unbearable conditions. Why? It's amazing that he came into the world in a manger to save sloppy, messy people. That he came to a sloppy manger. That's where he was born to save all of us in our sloppy, messy conditions. And we see that the prodigal son finds himself in this place. And I know Pastor Jason has already done this, but as I was going through my notes, I was, it was in my notes to do it, but, and I was going to exit out just to move on for time, but I've got to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. And here's what came to me today was this right here. God the Father sent his son here on a Christmas night that we call it. So that he could save each and every one of us. The father sent his son from his home. And the message of my house today is you've got to stay in the father's house. But Jesus left his house, came to earth for each and every one of us. And that is worthy of a deeper praise than what we can give. That's deeper than the praise that even as Pastor Jason was exhorting, maybe you haven't been there before and you haven't needed Jesus. And for some of you that have needed Jesus, I think your praise could be greater. It's amazing that we'll go to a Nebraska football game and, man, they run a 20-yarder. They don't even score a touchdown. Well, they will next year. But they don't even score a touchdown. And we rise to our feet and we're applauding. And just I want to take a moment for those who have a praise within them, For God bringing his son to earth, knowing that you shouldn't even be here today. And I want you on the count of three to stand to your feet. And I want you to give God the greatest praise. Maybe it's a praise that's in the depths of your heart that you need to release today. And I want you to stand to your feet. And I want you to give God praise. One, two, three. Come on, let's praise him. Come on. Come on. He's worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. Hallelujah. He's worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. Woo! He's worthy. He is worthy. He's worthy, 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 worthy today. Hallelujah. He's worthy. Come on. 
And the Holy Spirit's going to do something today. Go and have a seat. I think you'll be back up again in a minute. Be praying for me because I told my wife I'm going to use my laptop and she went, I'll be praying. Okay? I'm not the big computer geek, but we're going to go for it. Today, God's going to help me. Amen? So, before I get to the story of the prodigal son, I want to tell you another story. And if we can put that slide up. I want to tell you a story about a man named Russell H. Conwell. He was a Baptist pastor. And he was later the founder of Temple University. And there's a story, and he used to travel the world. And as he traveled the world, um, he came to, to, to know somebody who told him a story. And the story goes like this. There was a man and his wife who lived on the land, and they had a plow, and, you know, they had their ox and a beautiful home. And as they were there, a visitor came to their home. Now, he was wealthy already. He was already wealthy in the house. Everything was good. All the provisions and the blessings that he needed were already in his house. But this man comes into his house to talk to him. And this man says, you know what? I'm hearing that in Palestine and in Europe there are diamonds. And I'm hearing that you can become rich if you go there. So the man decides to sell his land. Knowing that he was already wealthy, he puts his family up in a Super 8 hotel. Come on. All right. He puts his family up and he goes away. And when he goes away, he goes to look for these diamonds. So he can't find the diamonds anywhere. And he gets depressed after a long period of time. And the story says that he became so depressed that he wrote a letter to his family. and said this. He says, there are no diamonds and I cannot find them. And he goes to a raging river and he, he gives his life away. He throws his life away. But he had sold his land to another man. And this other man with the same cattle, with the same ox, with the same plow, in the same field, the same house, he comes and he starts plowing up the land. And as he's plowing up the land, like these uh, dirt boulder things are in the way and he's picking them up and tossing them off the side. And he keeps digging deeper into the land, looking for the richness of the soil. And then one day he gets near a, near one, a stream on his property and he sees this beautiful rock. And it's rainbow shaped. And he says, hey, that'll look good on my mantle. So he puts it on his mantle. And then somebody knocks on his door, this priest, the welcome team. And he knocks on the door and this priest has a conversation with him, welcoming him to town. And the priest stops in the middle of the conversation and he looks at this beautiful rock that's sitting up on his fireplace. And he goes, where did you get that? And he says, I found that while I was digging and I've got a lot more of my, to move him out of the way. He goes, that's a diamond in the rough. He goes, let's take that. Let's go have a, a diamond specialist. Take a look. So they took a diamond, the diamond to a specialist in 1800. It was worth $25,000. And what's amazing is, you know, all those other rocks that they were moving, those were diamonds too. So basically what happened was it ended up being what's called the Gokalanda diamond mines. And they became so rich. The diamonds were so unique that even the queen of England asked that the diamonds that she has would come from this mine. Different man, but same house. This man had all the provisions. He didn't necessarily have to sell his house. He just needed to dig a little deeper. And today I'm asking you today in your faith, let's dig a little deeper. 
Let's go a little deeper because God has great things planned for you. He has diamonds maybe right where you live, but you've got to go deeper in order to get those diamonds. So we find that the prodigal son decides to leave his house. This place of blessings with servants and food, everything provided for him, all the blessings that God has for him. He decides he wants to leave his father's house. And as he leaves his father's house, you know, it's like when I worked at UPS, you know, if I had quit UPS before I retired, I would have lost all the benefits. I would have lost a check, right? But all those benefits he had in his father's house, but he left all of those benefits. And he goes to his father and he asks his father for his inheritance. And his father gives it to him. And that inheritance reminds me of our relationship with God. And that is this. God gives us all a free will. This son had a free will to either stay in the house with all the provisions or to leave the house and go to the place that he desired to go. All because he has a free will. God will not. God will not push himself on you. He will present himself and say, here's who I am. And now the choice is up to you. It's your free will. And today I want to encourage you. Your blessings are in the father's house. When you're in relationship with the father, that's where all of your provisions are. That's where everything you need for your children or your grandchildren. It's all by staying in the father's house. And, you know, we're all prodigals. I I can't even kick this prodigal son down the road because I was a prodigal once in my college year in the University of Nebraska. I remember I'd gotten away from church and I went off to college and I started doing all kinds of crazy things. And the money that my parents sent me, I started to use for partying and drinking and doing marijuana and all kinds of stuff. I did stuff. I don't even know what it was, but I started doing all of these things. And I remember one night specifically that I went to a party and I began to smoke something. I didn't know what it was. I didn't even think it was marijuana. And I began to smoke it. And I remember my lungs literally like froze up. And I couldn't breathe. And I'm thinking, I'm going to die tonight. And I tried to get a word out. And all my friends are laughing because they think it's a joke. And they're partying. And they're not even aware of what's happening. But I remember something that my parents taught me. And that was this. Whenever you're in trouble, call upon the name of the Lord. And in my spirit, my spirit rose up within me and said, Jesus, help me. And my lungs began to open up and I began to breathe. And can I tell you, I crawled out of that place and I got back into the father's house. And maybe today you're in a situation where, where in your situation you can't breathe. You don't even have room to breathe in your situation. Can I encourage you today? Get back into the father's house. That's where it's at. Psalms 1611 says this. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. God has a path for your life. You see, everyone's looking for something. I've always heard the word, you know, it's always greener on the other side. Yeah, till you get there and realize that side needs, needs to be mowed too. Right? That side needs to be cared for too. It's not always greener on the other side because we're all looking for something. But all the provisions that we need as believers in Christ is right here in the Father's house. Let's get back to the story. So the son comes to the Father and says, I want my inheritance. 
And this is really very powerful here because you never got your inheritance until your father died. But the son breaks all the rules and he comes to his father and he says, basically, here's what he's saying. He's saying, I can't wait for you to die. I need the inheritance now. I can't wait. You're still living. I want my share of it now. And the father obliges him and says, here, here's your inheritance. He's leaving all the provisions of the father's house to go chase a dream. And all of a sudden he takes off and he goes to a city or a country far away. And he, and, and he has all the money. He's got all the new friends. He's drinking in the pub. He's spending money on women. He's gambling. He's, he's the talk of the party. He's the talk of the city. He's popular. He's on Facebook. Right? He's even doing selfies of his party that he's partying out in sin. He's even got Twitter going, blowing up, saying how great he is. And then all of a sudden, he loses it all. And all these friends are gone. You got to watch who you hang out with. You got to watch who you hang out with. So all of his friends are gone. And now he catches himself in a place with no money, no friends, no place to stay, no place to eat. And he's just wondering to himself, what am I going to do? On top of that, a famine hits the land. So there aren't a lot of jobs. But he catches himself working for a pig farmer. Something during that day was the lowest of the lowest. Nobody wanted to work for a pig farmer. But he catches himself working for a pig farmer. And as he's working for the pig farmer, if we can put up that next screen. He's feeding these pigs something that's called carob. There are carob pods. The outside of the pods are very soft. But the inside of the pods, which the pigs love to chew on, is this hard, coarse, brown seed that you see. It's very hard. And he catches himself in a position where he wants to eat what the pigs are eating. And here's what I realize. It's a hard seed. But when the prodigal son finds himself in a hard place, he partakes of hard times all because he left the father's house. The other part of this seed is this brown cocoa kind of seed right here. And that's a substitute. It's really a substitute for chocolate or for cocoa. So in this situation, you fi he finds himself in a place of substitute. Maybe today you're in a place of substitute. What is substitute? Substitute is a word for not the original. Maybe you're catching yourself in a place that God never intended you to be. A place of substitute. And God is saying, I've got the original plan for you. It's not plan B. It's plan A. And it's the original. I don't want you to live in a life of substitute. I want you to live in the original life that I have planned for your life. And the Bible says he comes to his senses. Or as my wife said last night, he had a Taco Bell moment. Ding. Right? He comes to his senses and he realizes that it's better for me to be a slave in my father's house. So I'm going to be a slave in my father's house. I'm going to eat better. My father's going to take care of me. I'd rather, I'd rather be a slave. See, the prodigal son came to the point that he wanted to be in the presence of his father. Back into the father's house. And we put up the next screen. And... The Bible says, Jesus says this story. He says that 
all of a sudden the father is looking down this path and from a far distance away, from far away, he sees his son. He sees his son from afar away. He didn't have binoculars, but he saw that his son was far away. And I want to encourage you today that your heavenly father knows you. And you may be far away today. You may be real far away today. But he knows you and he sees you. And he's calling you back. He's calling you back. And the Bible says that the father then runs to the son. And if you can give me some liberty here, you see, because I've been here before. I've been here when I've lost a child, when my daughter um, in her senior year just walked away from the Lord. She walked away from our house. It was, it was, the, it was the Monday before she was supposed to go off to college, and we had paid for, the, like, the first semester. That weekend, she and my wife, Cindy, went out and bought clothes, and we thought she was ready to go. And Monday morning, we got up, and she's gone. Her clothes are gone. And the note on the bed said this, you've always asked me to grow up. I've decided to grow up. I'm out of here. So for three to four days, we're on the phone calling her, and she's not answering. And I didn't have one of those, you know, GPS search things on the phone back in that day, right? I didn't know where my daughter was. Here's what I do remember. I remember every day, because we live on a corner lot, we pull the curtains back, and at night we turn that light on. And every night, either my wife or I sat on that bed, one waiting for our child to maybe turn the corner that night to come back home. And it took weeks before she came back home. But not once did we not leave the light on. Not once were we prepared in case she came back. Every time I saw a car turn the corner, I was wondering, is it slowing down to pull into the parking lot? Is that her? That looks like her. That's not her. But she finally came back weeks later, back into the father's house, back to the provisions, back to where things should be. She finally came back. So give me this liberty for a moment as a father, if you would. The father sees his son coming. And I can hear the heartbeat of this father. I can see him running. I can see me running, running really hard, and the heart starts beating even faster. And I don't know what he was saying, but here's probably what I would say if you were to give me some liberty. I probably would have been running to my daughter. I probably would have been running to the son. And I probably would have been saying, God is faithful. And today, if you're here and you need him to be faithful, I want to tell you, you have a father who who is faithful. He has provisions and benefits for you. Maybe as he was running, he yelled, hallelujah. And maybe today you're here and you need to release a shout of praise for what God has done in your life. Or maybe he was running and he was saying, God answers prayer. And today, if you're here in the house and you, and you have a prayer that you're waiting for God to answer, let me tell you, he is faithful. Our God answers prayer. Now, let, let's, now let's put myself in the situation of the son. My father's running to me. And he's hauling. He's running to me. And I'm still walking, smelling like the pig slop. And I don't know what the son would have said. But I think in my heart, here's... What he may have said today after sitting in our church. He may have said these words. He may have sung these words as he saw his father coming. You're a good, good father. That's who you are. That's who you are. 
That's who you are. And I'm loved by you. That's who I am. That's who I am. That's who I am. He's a good, good father. And you see, maybe today somebody's been telling you that God the Father is not a good father. I've come today to tell you on Christmas Eve, Eve, that he is a great father. That he is a good father. And that he has not forgotten you. He has not forgotten you. He is a good, good father. And I can hear the father thinking of the the verse in 31. He was lost and now he's found. Was dead and now he's alive. A friend of mine, a mentor of mine used to say this. He said it 20-something years ago, and it stuck with me, like being iron, like being brand with an iron. He says this, you can never err on the side of grace. No matter your situation, even with your children, you can never err on the side of grace. And I believe that's what this father was doing. He's hugging his son. He knows all the sin that he's done. He's humiliated the family. He's embarrassed the whole town. But yet, his father extends his arms to him. And he yells to the servants. He says, hey, come. Come, let's give him a robe. Let's put a robe on him. Let's, put him, let's give him a ring. Let's give him sandals. What he was doing, he's saying, I'm going to restore you back to your place in which you left. So today, if you've got some prodigals out there, I want to encourage you today. Restore them when they come back. Trust God in the power of the Holy Spirit and they will lead you and guide you. But you must trust him because God is faithful and he will not let you down. He will not let you down. I can imagine as the rings and the sandals and the and as the robe went on. As he's restoring him. I he also called for the fatted calf. Now, the fatted calf was used for very, very, very special occasions. And he called for the fatted calf to be killed for them to celebrate and get the music and get the neighbors. Come on, we're going to celebrate. Now, there's a few people here that have been over the Brown's house, our house. When we celebrate, we celebrate big, right, Pastor Mark and Joni? It's like a mess hall, all right? That's all I'll tell you. It's like a mess hall. So we celebrate big. But I wonder sometimes, because I remember this with my daughter, Sometimes when somebody leaves, the music and the dancing stops. Has the music and the dancing stopped in your life? Because if it has, come back to the Father. Come back to the Father. And with that, I want you to see this short video, and then we're going to come back and close. Come back to the Father. Something I'm giving up on you I'll be the one if you want me to Anywhere I would have followed you Say something I'm giving 
Likewise, God has not given up on you. He is not giving up on you no matter where you're at, no matter what your situation. He is not giving up on you. What is the greatest gift today? The greatest gift is not underneath the Christmas tree on Tuesday. The greatest gift is this, coming back home to the Father. Coming back home to the Father is the greatest gift that you could give. And I want to share this with you. The Father has benefits and provision that he wants to give you. So, if you're lost, if you've lost your joy, get back to praise. 
If you've lost your hope, get back to the word of God. If you've lost or you're discouraged and you're, and you're depressed, get back to the power of prayer. If you're away from God, come back home. Come back home. That's the words I can hear from the Father. Come back home. But you see, before I get to that point, I've got to talk about the other son real quick. Because the other son, when he hears that his brother's back, he says, I want nothing to do with that. See, he's been in a house the whole time. He's been in the house the whole time. And sometimes even as believers, we can be in the house the whole time. And I don't know how many times maybe his brother walked by his brother's bedroom and he wasn't there. I don't know how many times he sat down with a meal with his father and the chair was empty. And today I believe for those of us that are in the house, I believe God is saying, you know what? If you can put this last scripture up. This is for those far away and for those that are here. He says, render your heart or give your heart and return to the Lord your God. And I don't know what you've heard about God, especially if you're new today, walking in this church. But let me make this very clear to you. Here's God. He is gracious. He is compassionate. He is slow to anger. He is abounding in love. He's abounding in love. He's abounding in love. Because some people have not heard that they're love. He's abounding in love. And the last scripture is Psalms 119, 18. It says this. It says, open my eyes that I may see. So today, my call today is two things. One, if you're far off from God from a long distance and you're way out there, and you're wondering if God cares for you, like the prodigal son, you take a step and God will come running. You take a step to this altar today, and God will come running. And the call is for those that are in the house, who for some reason or another, you haven't been 100% committed, or you forgot about grace, compassion, slow to anger, and abounding in love. That's what the call is today. But I've got to put a spotlight on one last thing that you have to know. And I want you to listen to this with all that I am. Out of all this message, you have to listen to this one point. There is an enemy out there. There's a name is Satan. And he does not want you to come to this altar. You see, because there's a scripture that says that says that he is, in John 10, 10, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. But here's the key. Here's the key. Today, it's being offered for you to come back to the Father with all the provisions of the kingdom and all of his blessings. But if you let the enemy steal this moment from you, only then can he go kill and destroy your dreams? He can't kill and destroy it until he steals it. So today my call is for the unbeliever. If you don't know Christ today, see, we could have done a lot of different sermons. Like we could have talked about away in the manger. 
But you know, the manger was all about, it was about God sending his son, Jesus Christ, so we have a relationship with the Father. Maybe we could have done a sermon on Silent Night, but you know what? If your life is chaotic and just full of a mess, you have to come to the Father because he can give you joy unspeakable and full of glory. He can give you peace that surpasses your understanding so that you can have those silent nights with the Father. So that's my altar call tonight, today. If you're away from God and you're a far away, and you know you do not know about this saving Jesus Christ and this heavenly Father that sent him, I'm going to ask you to come to the altar. See, because the greatest gift is not under a tree. The greatest gift is right here, right now with the Father and the Holy Spirit. So will you come? Will everybody stand for a moment? And maybe you're in the house and you know that you have not been 100% committed. You have not been in. And you have a promise showing compassion and love to people. I'm going to ask you to come. So I'm going to open up these altars. Will you come? For those who have never received the Lord, I'm going to ask for you to come on this side. For those of you that are in the house and you say, Terry, I need a greater pouring of God's presence and His Holy Spirit in my life to get through the next week, to get through the next day, to get through Christmas, I'm going to ask you to come on this side. And we're going to pray together as a family. And we're going to trust God. And if I can have the usher workers go over here, we've got some people coming over here. Anybody in the house want to meet with me, with, me, with me here? Anybody want more of God? You need more compassion? Maybe you've got somebody who's away from God. Maybe you've got a prodigal that's away, a brother, a sister, or a mother. And you need to come here today and ask God to pour out His grace and His Holy Spirit upon you. I'm going to ask you to come to this side. I'm going to ask you to come to this side. As Morgan sings this song, don't leave. Don't just run out. Just wait on the Lord for a moment. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord, he will renew your strength. Don't just run out. Let's see what God does. Morgan. for them coming forward. Can we? Let's encourage them. 
And for those of you over here that have said, you know what? I want you to know I stand with you. I'm down there with you. I need more compassion. I need more grace. I need more empowerment of His Holy Spirit. And I want to just pray over you right now. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. God, that you would impart your great love through your Holy Spirit and each and every individual that came forward. God, I pray that you would take their situation and God, and show that you were a good, good father. God, I show that you would, that you would pour into them a greater level of passion and of grace and of love and of forgiveness right here in the Father's house. And God, I lift up any anyone's prodigal brother or sister or mother or father or grandfather. And God, we ask that the Holy Spirit would go and woo them back to the faith. Woo them back to the Father. Woo them back to the good, good Father. Woo them back to the Father of, of, that has benefits and provisions. And God, I pray this, this Christmas, God, let there be miracles. Let there be signs and wonders in our homes. Let there be prayers answered in our homes. God, if a prodigal comes back, oh God, let us be the one that gives them the robe and gives them the ring and puts the sandals on their feet and says, welcome home. For that is the way of the kingdom. That is the way of our God. And God, we thank you because you are faithful. The Bible says some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God, the one who is faithful the one who will not let us down. And God, I also pray for those, God, that this Christmas season, Lord, they've lost a loved one. God, I lift them up to you, God. I pray that you would be Jehovah Jireh. God, I pray that you would be the great, that you would send the great comforter, the Holy Spirit, to their homes this Christmas season. God, let them know they do not stand alone. Let them know that you are for them, that you are their rear guard, that you are for them, oh God. God, I pray that your presence of your spirit would be in those homes, God. And God, we praise you today in Jesus' name. And before you leave, I just want to do a blessing over everyone here. Will you lift your hands? God, I pray for a blessing upon this whole congregation, this whole season. God, I pray, God, that you would be the great God in their lives, God. God, I pray that you would bless them from the north, east, west, and south. God, I pray that you would be a great and mighty God. I pray that this would be the best Christmas some have had. God, just because they know you and you are a good, good father. God, I pray for blessings of provision financial blessings. I pray for bonuses and jobs. God, I pray for peace in homes. God, I pray that marriages, God, would be strengthened. Would be strengthened, oh God, this season. God, do your work today in the mighty name of Jesus and through the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Can we give the Lord another hand and applaud?